Lori here, and welcome to the Awakening Moments podcast. Grab a cup of tea and let's spend some time together. My co-host Rhonda and I are ordained ministers working together at Life Center Church. We are leaders, wives, moms, and longtime friends. In this podcast, we hope to share some meaningful moments from our lives, everything from lessons we've learned the hard way or how to rise up in the midst of obstacles and insecurities. We will encourage you to take risks and remind you that you are deeply loved and completely worthy. Let's awaken life's most amazing moments together. Good morning, Lori. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Yeah? Yeah. Off to a a great day? I'm off to a great day. We got in here early to podcast. Yes. And for the first time, there was something on my windshield, and that would be snow. Yes, there was. I had to scrape my car. Oh, man. I know. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. I think my kids, I think it's melted now, though. So my, my youngest, especially, who gets crazy excited about snow, will not have seen it, but. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, it's too bad. Don't worry. She'll have lots of time. I know. I'm not too excited about the snow in my car. (laughs) Anyway. Oh, I love winter, though. I love all our seasons. We have such great seasons. I do. I love winter up until Christmas. Yes. And And then then after you're like, no, thanks. Yeah. Okay. Then summer. Then we could just go to summer. It could just snow beautifully on Christmas and even into New Year's. Yes. Yes. And then just go to like going into summer would be awesome. Yeah. Oh, but anyways. So great. So great. Well, last week I actually had the opportunity to sit in uh, one of our life groups here and it was kind of an interesting scenario. So uh, the life group is all about, you know, body image and body shame and all of that kind of stuff. So this group of ladies, this incredible group of ladies is just working through, you know, dealing with their own relationship with their body and how they feel about their body and lies that they've, you know, told themselves or that others have told them and just kind of letting God into that space and and bring healing and wholeness. And so they had said, I, I guess you and I specifically, our names had come up in the life group like quite a few times, like what? almost like this idea of, you know, oh, I wish I was more like Rhonda or Lori and didn't have any struggles with my body image. And so I was invited to come into the life group to share about, to lay down all of my, you know, my struggles about oh, my body why? and, Lori. you know, yeah. Oh. So it was a really, really beautiful, wow, interesting beautiful experience um just from the perspective of like okay you know obviously yeah we we each have a different kind of relationship with our body and with what we believe about our body with food and 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 all of that kind of health and kind of external you know body image um relationship and you know as i was just trying to tap into what god has done in my life over many 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 years from the time I was a child all the way to now, it was just really interesting to start to go back and kind of uncover that and be able to talk about some of my own body image issues and kind of how God has set me free um, from that. And so I thought that might be a good topic for us to talk about because there is this, there can be sometimes, again, right? It's, it's, It's more of an impression because, you know, we have somewhat of a public... Um, image. I don't really like that word image, but we have this public persona and don't necessarily have an intimate relationship with tons and tons and tons and tons of people. I think people don't realize that, 
you know, we're women just like they're women and we have our own, you know, wrestles with our body and have walked through different seasons of body change. Mm -hmm. And like we're in our forties. So our bodies are changing again in our forties and kind of having to navigate, you know, some of what that means, but also what have we learned from God over the years about accepting our bodies? So I thought that would be a fun topic to talk about. That is a really fun topic. Do you want to start? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I like that. That deflection Uh, there. Good job. Good job. I know. Well, you know, for me, uh, I'm going to start literally with the very first time that I can remember. Maybe there was something before this, but the first time I remember having being insecure about my body as a child. And so um, as a child, I, I don't remember as a kid being insecure about my body at all. I just don't remember it. Maybe I was, but I don't remember it. And I remember my mom was my, she was my biggest role model. Like I, I loved her so much. I looked up to her. We had a really good relationship, uh, mother daughter relationship. And I just admired her and wanted to be just like her. And I do remember my mom having some insecurities about her own body. And so inadvertently, I think that as I watched her be insecure about her body, that maybe I thought that's what you were supposed to be. Now, I didn't really acknowledge that until probably in my teen years. But I remember one day I was a gymnast when I was a child and uh, loved gymnastics and did quite a lot of gymnastics. In fact, I remember you and I taking the oh my, <laughs> my first gymnastics class, yes. actual class was with you. Even you saying that, I remember, <laughs> I remember the actual gym. Like I remember yeah, it. Yeah, it was a Saturday in. morning. Yes. It was a Saturday morning class. You yes. and I were, you know, our parents put us in that together. It was so fun. Best friends being able to, uh, to do gymnastics together. And, um, and yeah, and I remember, uh, my love for gymnastics just grew. I oh. loved it so much. And you discovered. I was terrible. The gymnastics. I couldn't even. was touch, not for you. No, I couldn't touch my toes. So I think I stayed in the beginner class pretty much for like a year. And you just accelerated. You left me the dust. You yeah, were like, you were yeah. amazing. Yeah, you were yeah. really, really great. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just not cut out for gymnastics. Totally. Absolutely not. Totally. And like I loved it. And so from there, literally went three times a week, four times a week, five times a week. I mean, I just really went far with gymnastics and loved it. Absolutely loved it. But I remember I was in grade six and the club wanted to put me into competitive, which actually meant that I would have to miss a day of school every week. I'd have to train all day, every Friday, plus like four other times a week, blah, 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 blah. All this huge, huge, huge commitment. And, um, but the, the lady who ran the gym, she was a Russian lady. She had this crazy Russian accent. She was super intimidating. And she, um, I remember her saying to me, like, I want to put you in this competitive class, but you're much too fat. (gasps) Yeah. She actually said to me in her Russian accent, you're much too fat for gymnastics or for sports like gymnastics or figure skating. You need to lose some weight. And I was like, I'm fat. I am. I've never heard that before in my life. Like I didn't know I was fat. No one's ever told me I was fat. I never thought I was fat. I, she said, and I, you I was were fat. not fat. Well, I mean, but she felt I was too fat. And oh so I was like, goodness. you know what? And so literally in that moment, I was like, forget this. Like I'm doing this be- for fun. Like I'm doing this because I love it. I'm not doing it. Like I, I don't need, I don't know. At that time, that's, that was my thinking. And when she said that to me, I was like, you know what? I, I, 
no, I, I quit. So I actually quit. I quit the club. And then I, from there on, I did gymnastics in school and I competed in school all the way up and went to all Ontario, like OFSA, like That's all amazing. Ontario. Yeah. So I, I quit the club because I just, I didn't feel like I needed that. I was like, nope, this is not what it's about for me. But later that week at home, we were sitting around the dinner table and uh, I was eating dinner and my dad mimicked her voice and repeated what she said and told the whole family that she said, and he, he, he did it in a funny um, Russian accent and he was just being funny. And he was like, Laura, you know, this is what she said, Laura, you're much too fat. And he, so, but when my, when the words came out of my dad's mouth, it stuck to my, it actually stuck to my heart. So it was a really strange thing. Cause I can very specifically remember it when she said it, I didn't believe it. I'd never heard it before. It, I shook it right off. But when my dad said it in front of my whole family and made a joke at my expense, I thought, oh my goodness, this must be true. I'm fat. So from that moment, I actually thought I'm fat. I'm a fat kid. So that, that was it. it. It didn't matter what size I actually was. From that moment on, I thought I was fat. And that's kind of how my relationship with my body started. Isn't that yeah. interesting? Yeah. My Okay, so my, this is kind of a funny story. When we're talking about body shaming, the first thing, body. Yeah. I thought of when I was a kid. Yeah. I couldn't stand my feet. Okay, okay. <laughs> so bizarre. Really? They, Even yeah, when I, you were young? Yeah, when I was young. I remember sitting, if people came over and I had bare feet. Yeah. I would actually curl my toes under. You know what I'm talking about? Like when you, you literally curl your toes or I would put socks on. Even in the summer, I would put socks on. I was so self-conscious of my feet. I grew fast. So by grade eight, I was five, nine. I have a nine, like size nine foot. And a lot of my friends did not have, I felt like my foot was big. I had tiny feet. You had, okay. Yeah. Okay. So you were my best friend as a kid. You had little feet, little frame. I'm like, you know, I had, you know, big feet. I grew fast. I was never as, I was always a medium build. And so I was super self-conscious of my feet. So I remember that. And the funny thing is my kids are, especially one of my children are really self-conscious of their feet now growing up. And I don't think I've ever said anything about their feet. Like, I don't think I've ever, but I also had a wider foot as a kid. But did you say anything about your feet? Did they hear you talk about your own feet? Because as I grew up, I felt like I kind of grew into my feet. Okay. (laughs) My feet are fine. I think feet are weird. Okay. Okay. I don't know. We didn't get on feet here, but you know, there's not many people that have really nice feet. No, no. And when someone has a really nice foot, you notice because it's really rare to see a really pretty foot. Yeah. yeah, Feet are weird. No, feet are weird. They're weird. Okay. So anyway, you have cute feet, but. Well, they're, they're okay. But I actually have a thing with feet too. If someone puts their bare foot (laughs) on my body anywhere, like even just on my leg, I'm like. It's like, I don't like it. I don't like so does that bare feet with touching your kids me all the time. Like oh it- yeah. And they think it's hilarious. They'll put their foot up near my face and I'm like, I actually want to throw up. Like oh I, I don't like feet are weird. Touching feet or okay. feet touching me. Actually, I can touch a foot, but don't like a foot touching me. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, I can play footsies in bed with Jay. That's fine. <laughs> feet to feet is okay. Footsies That's acceptable, but yeah. nowhere else. Okay. I can't. It's kind of a funny thing. I know Sorry, we're like weird. totally degraded. <laughs> okay. We've kind of gone off. Okay. The question but, okay, I have for you though is who told you you had ugly feet? I That's what I mean. I don't know. Maybe when I was a kid, maybe somebody said something to me or like your foot is big or so I was super self-conscious of my feet. So now I'm watching one of my daughters is really self-conscious of her feet too. But the funny thing is both my kids think I have really nice feet. They always tell me, 
mom, you have the nicest feet. And I'll be like, I don't really have nice feet. They're just average. They're like, no, mom, you really have nice feet. I'm like, what? So weird. But as a kid, I, and I actually don't think I have nice feet. I think they're just whatever. But even now I don't, I'm, I don't like my feet. Isn't that weird? That is funny. It it's is kind a, of a weird, weird thing. Right. But that would be, a, but growing up, going back to growing up, yeah, okay, yeah. obviously someone said yeah. something about my feet because it's stuck yeah. and I wore socks in the middle of like hundred degree <laughs> weather. But, um, I, I guess because I was in sports young, I wasn't in a sport that was body image oriented. I was in basketball. So going into basketball, that was my passion all into university. It really, girls are tended, the bigger you are in the sense, like strong mm -hmm. yeah. is what you want to be. Tall, strong. Yeah. That's right. And so being, and then I went to a school that was a Mennonite school. So we were, we had a school full of Dutch and German and really not the most petite people, not, gotcha. but thicker built, you know, I was kind of the average. And so I don't feel like I'm fat. I never felt like that growing up, but I always knew I had a, a stronger build. So I focused more on being an athlete. So I think that's probably where the body image part got probably in a healthy way, probably put in a healthier category. Ooh. And so I've always, when I, you remember when I moved to yeah. Ottawa, I was super athletic. A guy would be swimming an hour a day. I could never stand the gym. Never have, never could, but I loved like walking, hiking, swimming, biking. I loved anything to do with like just activity and sports, more sports oriented. And so as time, I don't have time for sports now. And that's probably a bad, in the sense, I don't go to the gym or anything, but body image, I've never really had an issue with my body. I think because I was young, it was so much around like athleticism in sports. Okay. And, um, but feet definitely. And I think body image, maybe my hair. I had a terrible, maybe that's not even, it probably sounds no, really trite. No, it is. But I think, be, you know, and I never really had, an, I think my parents never really talked about their bodies either. Like okay. my mom. So there was no focus no. on your body no. or. No. Okay. And even my mom, like that's never been something she's talked about. She's been very content. Okay. She's a really content person. Okay. Never really saw any insecurity with her, okay. with her body. My mom actually almost feel like she didn't really even care. Right. Like she yeah. was super comfy in her skin. Right. She, even her hair, her clothes, yeah. she didn't really care. Right. I was extremely conscious of my feet, what I wore. Oh okay. my goodness. I remember being little and okay, this is a crazy, so going to body, yeah. it was what I put on my body. Okay. Okay. So that may be. Some, yeah, how I would that's relate. Part of it. Would yeah. that be part of it? Oh, for sure. Okay, I remember it being what like, you look like, right? What it's I look what like. you look like. That's right. Yeah. So I could cover it with clothing. That's fine. Okay. But when I was like six, I remember my dad bought me a pair of Buster Brown shoes. Okay. Okay. Brown leather shoes with these buckles. He came home with these shoes, and he was so excited for. It. He got them on a great sale. Lori, I remember being five or six years old. And running to my room, bawling that I had to wear these pair of Buster Brown shoes. <laughs> like, could not stand them. But I would put them on and wear them to make my dad proud of me. Because I wow. felt like he loved these shoes. I could not stand these shoes. And that started this thing, like, even little, working like crazy to buy name brands, buy clothing, buy things to put on my body huh. that made me feel, like, really like cool in but the actual under the under the clothes the body actual part of it I never really struggled with feeling like I was fat or not accepting the way my body was because I think sports kind of changed that a little bit young like I was in sports right. really young right. so 
that was probably a part of it. Right. But the clothing part, I was obsessed with that. Right. And my hair. Right. So. So like, so when you stand in front of a mirror. Okay. With. Like naked? Is, <laughs> is that what you're okay. saying? Yeah, I was going <laughs> to, but I didn't know if that was appropriate. Well, I hope. <laughs> I mean, that's okay. what, so, in yeah, birthday yes, suit? Okay. Yes, yes. Yeah. Like, what, what's running through your mind? Like, are you like, are you, is it just neutral? Is it like, just like, wow, I look so good. Is it like... I probably wouldn't think, <laughs> oh, I look so good. I think younger, when I was really athletic, I was like, I'm pretty fit. I, I, yeah, I, I you, actually you were happy have, with it. You I was were... happy with my body. Never felt like I had to be skinnier. I've, I've hardly ever looked at a weight. I've never really been on scales. It was always how I felt in sports. And so, but after children, you know, I think everyone's got a different journey. I lost the weight pretty quickly, like, cause we were super active. But now when I look in the, I mean, my body is not what it was when I was in my twenties, even thirties. And I've also not cared as much, which is not good. I think I definitely don't look at my body now and say, wow, I am awesome. <laughs> but I'm, I'm kind of neutral because okay. I'm not obsessed with enough to do anything about it. Because yeah. I think that says something too. Because if I would look in the body and be like, oh, I need to change this. I'd be in the gym. I'd be, I'm yeah. kind of like, I'm just going to be moderate. Yeah. I still walk the dogs, but I, I'm neutral. I'm probably yeah. neutral. I probably should be a bit more aware as I'm aging that I probably need to be on top of, I've gained weight definitely in my in my like late 30s to 40s I was the same weight for years and years and years then I hit late 30s which I think would be very normal for a lot of people mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that when you, you your know, metabolism is going yeah. down like your your body's shifting a bit yeah but I'm neutral I, I would say I'm neutral body yeah. is neutral but you're yeah. not you're not you're not standing in front of the mirror and having negative no. negative thoughts or feelings or words come across your mind no. as you look at yourself you're just like mm, okay it is yeah. what it is. Like it is what it is. It's not a fo- aging, not a huge focus. And I'm I'm not I'm not taking this with me. But I want to be healthy yeah. in the sense moderate. I don't want to be extreme. I just don't think I have the time. And I, if I really wanted yeah. to, I would it's put not the time a, it's into not it. It's not a priority. It's not a priority. So yeah. I'm neutral. Yeah. So I've talked a lot about myself right now. So why don't we just uh, <laughs> switch it back? No, to I think you. it's in- no. But what I, what I think is interesting about it, and 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 for me would be the same journey in the sense that from the time that you were very young to the time that you have now you've had the same mentality about your body. You've seen yourself the same way. And I think that that's really interesting because for most of us with body issues or body image issues, it starts when you're young and then you battle for the rest of your life with what those young beliefs were about your body for, for your whole life. You battle, you'll struggle with it. So for me, that's kind of how this has played out. So I'm, grade six how old are you 10 nine nine or ten years old right yeah this this comment happens from my dad and I decide oh my gosh I must be fat okay so I'm fat so so that so this sticks this just this belief sticks to my heart or my 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 mind whatever it sticks and I believe it and so now I I play out the rest of my life just believing I'm fat whatever size I am doesn't matter that size is fat it doesn't matter what size I am so throughout like my teen years I was lots of different sizes um you know grade nine grade nine ten was probably the the height of my gymnastics um my spent the most time in it uh training you know went to the went went to our provincial competition like uh, so I was super super fit but somehow in my head I'm still fat Mm. still too fat whatever 
too fat is. I'm still too fat. Then I stopped doing gymnastics. So then my body, and then I went through puberty as, as well, quite late. So grade 10, I started to go through puberty. So then my body totally shifted and changed. And then now that body's fat. Then I gained, I did gain some weight through high school. So like not a crazy amount, but I, I definitely put on, you know, 10 pounds, 15 pounds throughout the years of high school. So I'm graduating high school bigger than I ever was before. So that weight is fat. And then so on and so on. So then I get married and then I gain more weight and then I gain more weight slowly over time, maybe five or 10 pounds a year is coming on. So that by the time I'm like at about 24, I'm like the heaviest I've ever been. And now that weight's fat too. Cause well, I was, all the weights were fat. It didn't matter what the weight was. It was always too fat. And so I remember going on a, uh, a fast well, actually we, we had both gone on mm-hmm. that fast at the same time. And I remember going on a 40 day fast and that fast wasn't about food and it wasn't about my body image at all. It wasn't motivated by any of those things because even though I was fat, it was kind of a decision that I had made about myself. And I don't like to, to say, I don't care was probably the wrong way to say it, but I didn't care enough to do anything about it. I really liked food and it just, it, I was fat and it was, it was fine. Like it was fine. I was fine with being that way. Um, so anyways, go on this fast. And of course, when you fast, you lose weight. So I lost uh, uh, some weight, came off the fast, put some weight back on. Obviously you, you, you don't, but what happened during that fast is my relationship with food changed. And so no longer food was like a source of pleasure. It had become a source of nutrition. Like it just had become something I used to nourish my body and it just changed. I didn't pray that it would change. It just changed. And so from that time forward, so from the time about 25, 26 years old, my, my body completely changed. There was about a year of my life that I dropped 40 pounds, which is a lot of weight, a lot of weight. So now I would say I'm thin but when I looked in the mirror, I was still fat. It didn't matter what the scale said. It didn't matter what I saw in the mirror. Whatever that was, was fat because that's what I believed in my mind about myself. So I just think it's interesting that even for you, you had this neutral position about mm-hmm. your body your mm-hmm. whole life. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter. You say, I'm, you know, I don't weigh myself. I'm not really mm-hmm. concerned about what the number is on the scale because you have this neutral position you know, this neutral point of view about yourself. It, it just is, it's, yeah, Mm -hmm. this is my body and I, Mm -hmm. I like it. Um, for me, it was the opposite of that. And I just remember one day, um, you know, and I don't remember when this was, I think it was in my thirties. I remember one day just looking in the mirror one day. And I remember just spending a little bit of extra time looking in the mirror that day and thinking, wow, like what's changed? Like something, I, I just liked what I saw when I looked in the mirror and I, I couldn't figure out what changed. It's almost like when you get a haircut or you get a makeover mm-hmm. or something and you, you see your face and you recognize your face, but it's different and it's nice. Like it looks, mm-hmm. it looks nice. It's something, it's pleasant. You, 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 you enjoy what you see. And I remember just looking in the mirror and I felt, and it, it was in the morning. It was first thing in the morning. I didn't even have makeup on. I wasn't done. There was nothing nothing different about what I was seeing, but I saw something different. And I remember just the Lord dropped on my heart in that moment. You're beginning to see what I see when I look at you. That's beautiful. And it was like literally this very profound, very significant moment that literally canceled the lie, your fat, and just allowed me to begin to see 
what God saw when he looked at me, that he gave me this body to do the work that he's called me to do, Mm -hmm. that it serves me sufficiently, that, you know, I can look at all of the different parts of it, you know, stretch marks, cellulite, whatever it is on this body, but that it's meant to do the work that God has called me to do. And it's beautiful in God's eyes. And I saw, I saw that and I received it. I received the message and it canceled. It literally canceled kind of that poor body image and that constant need to try to change my body or do more or be better. All the drivers, there's the drivers Mm -hmm. again. Um, Yeah. So, so it shifted in that moment. And that was, uh, it was, there was nothing profound happening. I literally got out of bed one day and looked in the mirror and had literally an awakening moment with God that shifted everything about what I saw about myself. And literally from that moment, like it has never changed. Now that's not to say that, you know, there's not seasons in my life where I'm like, oh man, I I need to go back to the gym or just because I want, I want my body to uh, be strong and healthy. And, you know, that is the motivation. It's not so much about the external, but I can go up you know, five pounds or 10 pounds or 15 pounds. And I still see the same thing in the mirror because it's not about that anymore. It's actually not about that anymore. I definitely like to be within a certain weight range. I feel like that's Mm -hmm. kind of my, my sweet spot, but it doesn't change what I see because I think God literally changed my eyes and changed my view as I received the fullness of his love for me. He in turn gave me a gift of showing me what he sees when he looks at me. That's beautiful, Lori. That's beautiful. Yeah. Because it really comes back to stewardship. Even our bodies are not our own, right? And like, yeah, we're, we're not talking about being unhealthy and letting yourself not care. Yeah. But it's that extreme of like, when this is such a focus and my worth and my value and how this is God's body. This is like, this is our vehicle yeah. Yeah. that is holding the most sacred part of us, which mm-hmm. is our spirit. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we're going to, and I think it's so neat in our forties. Like I'm thinking my body's going to be changing drastically. Now we think it's changed. I, yeah. you know, I talk to many women that are in their fifties, sixties and they're like, yeah. just wait. Yeah. And I don't want to be, I don't want to be unhealthy. I realize part of my stewardship too. And you know, I do feel some conviction in that, that, you know, what I used to be able to do, I can't do anymore, you know, metabolism wise or anything, because I want to have longevity. I want to be healthy. Mm-hmm. I want to be a good steward of the vehicle God's given me. Mm-hmm. Is my vehicle going to change? Is it going to look different through time? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, but if I don't allow the inside, you know, I don't want to be, when I'm saying I'm neutral, it's not that I don't care. Um, but yeah, it hasn't been a struggle. But as I'm moving forward, I realize I can't just stay too neutral either because I do have to be aware that things are changing and we do Mm -hmm. have to make changes to be a healthier, to do what God's asked us to do, to live the purposes God's asked us to do. That's part of stewardship. It's Mm -hmm. not just the spiritual, it's spiritual mind and body, all of that. Um, but I do like, you know, even looking at hearing you talk, I think that is such a beautiful revelation to have about that. This is a vehicle that is carrying the most sacred and to not diminish the beauty of what God's put your, put your spirit in. It's a vehicle and not to put it down, not to compare. And it's easy for us to say, and we all have a different journey, but I, I feel like God's like, no, it's not easy for us to say because I, we look this way and someone looks another way. He's made us this way. Yeah. And what we're saying to God is 
this vehicle's not good. What you've decided is not good for me. Instead of embracing that, it's about the inner. And as we work on the inner, the outer reflects the beauty. So, it so reflects good. the beauty because the inner is what's going to last forever. And this is going to wear out. This is going to wear down. More cellulite, more varicose veins, more wrinkles, <laughs> more gravity will pull, you know, <laughs> yeah. may not be able to wear the same clothes the same way in 10 yeah. years. Well, you know, even with working out, even with all the things, I look at people who are 80 and 90. I mean, I, there are those that look completely different, but this body is meant to age. It's not, but our spirit won't. Yes. But as we focus on the spirit, as we steward all things in our lives, that we realize that, you know, God, God has given this as a vehicle and that we're to... Not make it the focus, but also to let the spirit. Anyways, I know I'm kind of rambling no, here. No, 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 you're not. You're not. I That's think it's so such good. a beautiful no, revelation think, yeah. that this is just holding mm-hmm. the most sacred. Yeah. And the spirit of God is in us. Think That's of that. Right. It's That's the spirit right. of God. And Jesus, you know, the son of God came in a man form. Yes. It wasn't, his focus wasn't the body form. Right. It was what his spirit was doing. He actually put himself in a form, in a vehicle yes. that yes. was very temporary. Right. This is not our home. Yes. This body's not our forever. It's and just, specifically says that he was nothing to look at. Yeah. Nothing that anybody would have noticed or. Think about you know, that. I don't think yeah. I would come down that way. I think I would come down. Like. <laughs> <laughs> You know? You're like, no, God, let's try again. No, I, I want like, let's, I want to look good. No, but even that in it's itself not... is quite a revelation that, yeah, you know, yeah. man looks on the outward, but God looks at the heart and he modeled that yes. in how Jesus came of, yes. like you said, yes. no great appearance that yes. he would be like noticed. Yep. yep. He came very very much what we would consider average yep. and really what is average. I mean, no, that's but so silly, but in totally. terms of physical yeah. appearance, yeah. Yeah. but even God modeled that, that that's not important. Yes. That shouldn't be yes. our focus. Yes. Be stewards, but no, don't let it yeah. become the focus. So what a great ploy of the enemy to actually distract us from the most important part of who we are, which exists on the inside of us and actually get us so fixated on the outside of us, Mm. putting ourselves down, negative self-talk, you know, self-loathing, self-hatred, all of those things to literally block the true greatness and beauty that God has already put inside of us. Not, not that, not that we have to wait for him to put inside of Mm -hmm. us. It's already there. Mm -hmm. All the fullness of what Jesus came to bring us already is with inside of us. And yet we get stuck and get distracted and get so fixated and focused on all of this external stuff in this external case that is not going to last, is not meant to last, literally is just a casing for, you know, the very spirit that lives within us. And I think you hit the nail on the head when you said, you know, our focus has to be on what's happening on the inside in order to actually heal and in order for the beauty to actually radiate on the outside, we have to do the work on the inside. The work is actually in our spirit. And I feel like, you know, so many of us fixate and focus on the insecurities, the negative self-talk, you know, what we see on the outside, what we see when we look in the mirror. But actually, I wonder if we spent as much time obsessing about what we Mm. actually have possible on the inside of us, if we spent as much time fixating on what is possible in Christ, what he's already given us, accessing what's already available to us on the inside. I wonder if literally the transformation would come. I would imagine it would. Mm -hmm. I would imagine it would because I believe truly with all of my heart, you know, when I had that moment, which was 
in all like which was a really insignificant moment it wasn't surrounded by this massive encounter it wasn't like I literally just woken up gotten out of bed gotten the you know stood in front of the mirror brushed my teeth that morning but something shifted in my spirit but I guarantee you it was because there was a buildup of work that was happening Mm -hmm. in my spirit man Mm-hmm. in the season before it may have not even been specifically related to my body image but the work that God was doing in my spirit and the investment that was happening in my spirit resulted in a transformation and I think that that's exactly what we need to do we need we do need to stop fixating on that which is temporal and we need to fixate on upon that which is eternal, which lives inside of us, which which exists inside of us and tap into the fullness of what God has already given us. That's the revelation. It's what God has already given us through Jesus. He's already given it to us. It's in, it's in us already. Mm. Like I, I, I recently heard just something so, so powerful about when Adam and Eve were tempted in the garden by the serpent. And he said to them, he said, you'll be like God. And I, I was just absolutely in awe because the truth was they already were like God. Oh, yeah. They, all, they already wow. were like God, but he literally tried to paint this picture like they were missing something. They were already created in the image of God. That is so in his powerful. Image and his likeness already. And yet he tempted them. And, and lied to them and tricked them into thinking that they weren't, but they were. But I, it hit me so powerfully because I felt like, oh my gosh, how, how much time do I spend trying so hard to be like God when I'm already made in his image and everything that he has given already exists inside my spirit. He's given me the spirit of God to live inside me. It's there. Like, how do I access that? How do I tap into the righteousness of God, the holiness of God? It's, it's all there. Oh Lord, that is so powerful. So, wow. so, so powerful. I know. So that's when hitting me as you're saying that yeah. I've, I've, that's such a powerful truth, such so powerful. And so I think like I do, I think when it comes to all this external stuff, like mm-hmm. it's just, it's so shallow mm-hmm. in light of the depth of what we already have yes. inside of us, given to us by God, because we were created fully in his image and likeness. That is amazing. You know, even as we're talking about body, you know, we're actually talking about external, right? Whether it's the body, whether it's about what you wear, like it's different for everyone. For me, it was more the image part versus the body part. But I remember early into ministry, I would say my 20s, as you're talking about the inside and how we're made in the image of God and how God wants us to focus. I, I Honestly, I'm, I'm still overwhelmed by what you were just sharing. That's just so incredible. We're made in the image of God, how the enemy wants, he twists that every time. But um, I remember in my 20s, you know, just dressing for work like I was a worship leader since I was young and getting ready to wear to go to work Mm -hmm. and it was one of those things insignificant day just getting ready to go and lead worship at church and I remember like it was like just as I was getting dressed God said you know I want you to not focus right now as you're getting dressed on the exterior of what you're going to wear what you're going to I want you as you're dressing to focus on what you're dressing your spirit with today and it became a practice I've done actually often when I'm about to lead worship or anything like I'm like literally it's a spiritual practice when I'm about to do that it's like when I'm putting on my clothes I'm thinking 
God, yes, I'm putting this on, but clothe me right now in, you know, the clothing of your righteousness and yeah. the clothing of your spirit and your clothing of grace. You think about all through the scriptures, how it talks about being clothed in God, the, in yeah. the armor of God, in the righteousness of God, talks about throwing off the garments, you know, yeah. of all the things that God talks about the exterior, yeah. you know, put beauty, on a garment of praise. Yeah. Beauty yeah. is fame is fade. Beauty will fade. Charm is deceptive. But those who fear the Lord will be praised. Beauty will fade. Like beauty is fading. You will not, if this is the exterior, you're always focused on it. That's where the value comes from. However, that may be like we've talked about body. We've talked about image. Those are both exterior things that take away from the focus I'm focusing on, the image of Christ that's been implanted, put inside of us, been created in us, and the Spirit of God resides within us. Like, yes. literally, we are filled with the Holy Spirit. Yes. Literally filled with the Holy Spirit. Such sacred, yes. beautiful gifts of God. And here we focus on the temporal and the external, whatever that may be. And so I think today is just reminding, like, even my heart fresh to be like, God, Help me to continually keep that the focus. Like, do the inner work so the outer is beautiful. You've probably met someone in your life that they're so beautiful on the outside, and the moment they've opened their mouth, it's like all the beauty falls off. I, have you had that? Yes. And you're like, oh, my. Yeah. And they're not even pretty anymore. Yeah. It's like the beauty just fades right away. Yeah. And it's just this raunchy, whatever's coming out of their mouth. Yeah. You're like, oh. Yeah. Then or shallow or something, right? Yeah. Like just, and then there's some that mm-hmm. you would probably not notice in a crowd and they start to talk and you're literally enraptured by their beauty. Like they become yeah. more and more yeah. beautiful. And that is exactly yeah. what this, what God does. That's yeah. exactly what he's talking about. Yeah. It's the inner beauty that yeah. shines every time. Yeah. 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 I love how even in worship songs, you know, sometimes we sing like to, to God or to Jesus, you're beautiful. You're beautiful. We say that word and that word in our culture means, you know, what it means. It is something really like that represents a superficial or an exterior, you know, often when we say, oh, you're, you're beautiful or whatever. But, but I think I, I would imagine the depth of what, you know, you're beautiful. When I, when I say you're beautiful or sing that in a worship, I, I never, I don't actually think of, Jesus's exterior I I never even it never it never ever means that for me that the word beautiful as we as we use it as worship or as we use it as praise it actually represents this like deep inner beauty of the person that he is and I I love that and 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 I do think that that happens here too like there is this beauty sometimes that we encounter or experience in people that really isn't so much about the exterior, Mm -hmm. but actually is about the gorgeous nature of what is kind of being expressed through a person's life, their giftings and strengths and how they love the world around them and how they love people. And there's just this like, this beautiful is the only word that can describe the depth of that you know and I think that when we when we limit the word beautiful even for our own lives to literally just a physical external thing I think we just actually do limit the heart of God for what the fullness of that word can capture for all of us Mm -hmm. for all of us in our lives yeah that is so true Mm -hmm. that is so true Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so I think what we're saying today is you know the beauty on the internal is the most important to focus on that and to be good stewards of what you are you have on the external and that looks different for everyone some people are you know struggling with health and that does not mean 
that's what I mean. That does not take away from no. beauty. Oh my goodness. No, no. Some are 80, some are 20, some are, you know, oh. we're all different shapes and sizes. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, but that's the, that's a beautiful thing of that. It's a beauty within yeah. Yeah. to be good stewards of the outside of what we have and we yeah. have the capacity of doing, yeah. but to really make that the focus is the inner and everything flows from that. That's where real life totally. comes from. Totally. Totally. We've been so robbed. We've been so robbed in so this life robbed. around the word be- beauty and beautiful and you know, the women. exterior. Yeah. Especially women have been women. so robbed in the world with comparison and with negative things that have been spoken over them. Or, you know, I know for a lot of women, like they've actually been called, you know, fat, you know, or ugly, or like they've had those negative labels placed on them by people that either in humiliating circumstances or maybe someone they loved or trusted or really cared about spoke those words but you know my prayer just would be for for anyone who is care is holding on to you know a lie or a belief a false belief that someone has spoken over them just that you would receive the fullness of the love and acceptance of God in your life and that you would just allow God to transform and and trade for you the lie for a truth of what he really sees that you would actually be able to 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 see and receive a revelation of what God sees when he looks at you so that you can walk out at the fullness of his purpose in your life and not have that be a barrier, not have that mm-hmm. hold you back. Mm-hmm. Because as long as we're obsessing about the outside, as long as we're um, comparing ourselves or actually disqualifying ourselves, maybe even by exterior things, I think it just limits the, the potential of what God can do and what he wants to do, you know, oh, in yes. and through our lives. And as we lay that down, we really do... Uh, this life is really a journey of getting out of the way, you know? It is. So whether it yeah. is like external things and, you know, body image and things like that, whether it's those externals or whether it is just personal insecurities or drivenness or a lot of the things that you and I really, really can identify with, no matter what it is, too much of me is going to get in the way oh, of yes. God being able to, the spirit of God being able to flow through us in a powerful and life transforming way. Yeah, I love that. Yep. No more comparisons. Yeah. Comparisons rob. Yeah. The comparisons rob, but to embrace that all we are, all we have Mm -hmm. and all that God has made us to be is his. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We are not our own. Like we are not, our body is not ours. So our spirit, our purposes, our plans, the will that God has for us, how he's made us, the gifts he's given us. It's all his money, things. And as we, like you said, surrender all of that to the Lordship of Christ, then that is exactly when God shines the most beautiful in and through our lives, but it's all his and we need to just submit all of it to him and, uh, he'll bring us on it. The best journey ever. So good. I love that. I love yeah. that. Wow. Well, that was a, that was a great conversation it was today. Good. Yeah, it that was, was really good. Well, we want to remind you that there's more in you than you realize. And you are worthy of love and beautiful. You are beautiful. Have a wonderful day. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Awakening Moments podcast today. Like or subscribe to our podcast and share it with your friends. Follow us on Instagram at Lori Boucher and Rhonda.Corto. May you be awakened to the moments that matter the most.